okay do click follow button for msme talk on the platform where you are listening to get notification for the next episode release there were a lot many things we did one is we integrated our ecosystem internally developed our own erp which is available to school free of cost now second so we said we will give you 0% interest emi fee financing option with that erp free of cost this is episode number 12 of msme talk with sandeep virkare on business loan for schools To get new episode alert from MSME Talk, send hi to WhatsApp number eight zero nine seven double six five zero eight five. Welcome back to MSME Talk podcast. MSME Talk podcast is for micro, small, medium enterprises, startups, and entrepreneurs, in which we discuss with industry experts and experienced entrepreneurs. on specific value addition guidance and solve queries to help build long lasting businesses Sandeep Virkare is managing director and CEO of Indian School Finance Company he has been a startup specialist throughout 25 years of work experience and has spearheaded several startup and rapid growth situations in organizations such as ICICIA Bank Reliance Capital Dhanlakshmi Bank and SF Finance to set up and scale up operations nationally building assets to the tune of INR 5000 crore annually he has managed all functions in the organization starting from sales and distribution to credit and risk management including hands on experience in technology treasury and compliance indian school finance company is a non banking finance company engaged in the business of lending to the educational sector for more than a decade and has funded 5000 plus schools ISFC caters to the entire education segment more particularly in affordable private schools play schools private degree and vocational colleges coaching centers teachers and sme businesses serving goods and services to the education sector the objective of ISFC is to assist the schools and other educational institutions in capacity building through the infrastructure improvement thereby enabling students to access quality education the education sector especially preschools have been impacted badly by the covid in this episode we will learn how k12 entrepreneurs can pivot themselves to get back on track how ifc is providing support to the sector by way of providing funding and other products we will understand in detail about the lending and other products of isfc for k12 and preschools Also, we see guidance on schemes available for this sector. A very warm welcome, Sandeep, to MSME Talk. Thank you so much, Tripti. Uh, it's my pleasure to be part of MSME Talk. So, Sandeep, we would like to have a sneak preview in your journey and how you are creating ISC version two to support education sector after this all COVID situation. I think uh, ISFC is one of the institution, uh, NBFC particularly, uh, who got impacted the most uh, in, in, in during this pandemic time. Banking sector in general, NBFCs uh, to be more uh, specific, and within NBFC, uh, ISFC was worst placed, I would say. Uh, but at the same time, I would like to uh, mention here that we have turned around completely. Uh, now we are looking at. growth uh, during this pandemic time we have rediscovered our business model completely okay great so this business model is moving beyond lending i mean uh, lending has to be a, a backbone of whole ecosystem earlier you know uh, we used to have every player uh, working differently schools were different within segment banks were lending to certain type of schools nbfcs were focusing on certain segment but going forward i think uh, what isfc's new business model is uh, we will be sitting uh, right in the center of uh, ecosystem and we will be ensuring that not only funding is available but through our uh, ecosystem partners like content providers exam management uh, software providers or even skill development institutions so uh, we'll keep isfc in center of this ecosystem and ensure that uh, not only financing 
for each and every need two schools two teachers two parents also uh, we are able to integrate content uh, in terms of uh, courses exams and even uh, uh, skill development great bringing lot of things seems we will understand more about it as we move ahead in the episode but it looks very exciting because seems you have uh, taking too many things on the plate now so let's begin today's episode by understanding the landscape of educational sector especially k12 and preschool prior to covid and during the covid and the last post covid so how did they were doing performing and doing it and uh, what wrong you know challenges came and how the performance were there during the covid situation and uh, post covid how you know we are seeing them just to give you a, a little background on the landscape of education ecosystem so k12 uh, as we say it is like up to standard 12th there are about uh, 15 lakh schools in india out of those 15 lakh schools approximately 10 lakh schools are government funded or partially funded unaided schools which we call they are 4.5 lakh schools in numbers and these are 4.5 completely privatized and this is our uh, target segment uh, as far as isfc is concerned uh, 94 lakh teachers uh, 4.5 uh, private unaided 15 lakh schools so that's a ecosystem and that also means that uh, approximately 7.5 lakh crore of receivable which is 7.5 lakh uh, 7.5 trillion uh, indian rupees is a receivable of uh, fee financing only through fee financing so that's a, a holistic picture of uh, landscape as far as education k12 education system is concerned secondly uh, on the way it is structured it is i think uh, uniquely structured uh, as compared to any other country uh, in the world we have government schools we have private uh, schools both put together uh, there are certain schools where even government schools generally has a lesser fees and hence uh, a good opportunity to learn uh, for any uh, strata of society having said that uh, we have uh, infrastructure available but the kind of quality uh, dissemination that happens in india it is argued that uh, this is not up to the mark Uh, as far as world standards are concerned and this actually uh, for us as indians uh, it should be even more uh, concerning because uh, we were the first ones probably uh, worldwide to provide education at mass scale even before developed countries did so i, I think we need to we have a great amount of uh, room for improvement there uh, during covid i would say uh, obviously uh, this sector has been affected the most uh, fee I mean, as you know schools are even now uh, not open 100% and every uh, uh, all the students are not going to school even now attendance is uh, as high as maybe in some schools 70% 60% but still not reached 100% uh, even 6 months after second wave during pandemic uh, i think most of our, us including isfc and uh, most of the schools had a great opportunity to transform business model we did uh, in fact we completely transformed our business model to uh, uh, have completely digitize uh, whole ecosystem similarly even schools had that opportunity uh, and i think digitization is not something uh, which is bad i mean generally people say oh, with digitization with with automation and computerization uh, job losses will happen it it uh, i i don't think so uh, frankly speaking it's an opportunity to change yourself to change the gear uh, uh, have a better quality uh, in, in fact digitization will be an opportunity for all of us to uh, eliminate the negatives of previous education system uh, negatives in terms of say for example gender uh, uh, biasness male and female uh, uh, students negatives in terms of rich and poor uh, divide because uh, rich people rich rich students are getting into dps kind of schools and uh, uh, not so well off uh, society is going to government schools and dps teachers are better of course because their salary is better so they get a better ed- education and not poor ones uh, 
also uh, urban and rural divide. I mean, th- these were uh, issues into our previous uh, education system. So uh, not equal learning opportunity for rich and poor, urban and uh, rural, uh, and even uh, gender-wise, uh, uh, boys and girls. But I think uh, during pandemic and with digitization, even though right now it is argued that uh, gender divide is increasing because uh, tab is available in poor household, only one tab is available and hence, hence male kid is getting more uh, more time on the tab rather than girl child, for example. Or uh, even on urban side, uh, tabs are more available and rural side, uh, there are no tabs available as, or smartphones available. But I think uh, uh, one is on a content side, the kind of standardization that is happening. And once this availability of digital infrastructure is there, which is midterm, I would say in a year or two, it it, it would happen even faster than we all uh, believe. Once that happens, in that case, uh, a person in DPS and person in possibly government school will have equal opportunity to learn similar kind of content with uh, best of the teachers with best of the content delivery. That's what is going to happen uh, with this uh, uh, COVID and digitization that has happened. Even on uh, gender divide uh, or urban poor, all that has to uh, actually merge into a unique uh, learning opportunity for all, equally for everyone. That's that's how I, I would say this COVID has changed the situation. And we should take this as an opportunity. And the first thing that everyone of us, including ISFC fund funding institutions plus schools and other people we need capture this opportunity and make utilize to digitally transform ourselves let's take a quick break msmes and startups are looking for various kinds of support and upgrade are you a product service provider expert advisor consultant mentor for msmes and startups do reach out to msme talk to list your business check the link in the description so that's a very interesting outlook you have shared with us with covid and digitization what the positive we are expecting to see is could be very humongous in quantification if we see the decrease in the gap yeah of the you know gender gap or the rural or uh, urban gap education system so that in next uh, maybe five ten years it could reduce a lot if at the same pace we keep moving in digitization of education definitely so uh sandeep uh, i would also like to understand from the educational institutions survival metrics perspective how they were doing well off pre-covid during covid and post-covid See, we know we, they were facing a lot of problems during the COVID, right? But mm. what kind of things you have noticed uh, in these three situations? So pre-COVID, I think uh, things were extremely good for the sector. The sector was one of the most attractive sec- sector as far as lending is concerned. A lot many institutions were looking at the sector uh, from lending perspective. The only thing was structural issues like uh, trusts or uh, school property as a collateral. So these were learnings that institutions have had. And in last four or five years, I think uh, all those reservations which were there previously have already been shed. Uh, So uh, this sector was anyways into a phase where uh, most of the institutions would have started uh, lending aggressively. And that we uh, see from a lot many NBFCs uh, and even banks focusing on this sector. So understanding of collateral, understanding of trust and their legal implication and recovery side, people have understood very well now. So I think uh, even before COVID, this sector was actually poised for a huge scale, uh, upscale here. During COVID, yes, there was a break for some time. And uh, right now, uh, most of the people are actually watching uh, this sector to be opened and uh, school collection efficiency to go up. Uh, at least on an average 60-70% or even more. The moment it happens, I think this sector is going to uh, heat up again. And all those people who have done 
this done this transformation in terms of digitization will actually benefit the most so uh, did you see any difference in the types and scale of challenges faced in terms of geographical locations or uh, segmental like you know preschool versus k12 versus vocational yes definitely geographical disadvantage definitely uh, uh, we could see urban centers uh, because parents started sending their kids to school even before uh, semi urban or rural uh, schools so schools in urban centers uh, came up even better than what urban uh, rural centers are rural centers even today the schools are not really uh, as functional as it was before in certain uh, states definitely uh, even while government has pushed uh, saying that schools are open nothing is required i mean uh, norms are uh, made more practical even then attendance is not as good as maybe urban centers uh, so that definitely we are seeing uh, even on preschool i would say 6 to 12th it started before first to sixth was second to start preschool is yet to start whereas uh, in all logical sense it should have been other way around i mean uh, uh, if we say that pandemic uh, is more uh, affected on uh, i mean we started vaccination from 50 plus and then uh, lowered it down uh, because of risk perception so our school opening should have been uh, other way around i mean we should have started preschool first first to sixth and then possibly a uh, sixth to twelfth but having said that uh, it's more of a perception of a parent rather than uh, anyone else or even government because government also is trying to push uh, schools to open now it's more of a parent uh, perception issue so did you see any apart from rural and the urban changes uh, you know differences you told us which is in fact very interesting point because i had thought that you know rural were uh, more robust impact of covid was much lesser than so their education uh, schools you know centers would be more active rather than the urban but what you are sharing is that oh it's other way around urban has started becoming opening and active much faster than the rural so that's an interesting perspective apart from that did you see any changes in the state perspective like one particular state uh, you saw much higher percentage of challenges vis-a-vis some other state in india we did see the difference because uh, i mean uh, since our uh, spread is in 13 states uh, as if we have given loan through our 22 branches we have seen more i mean it it, it directly is related to our collection efficiency uh, wherever in 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 a state if collection efficiency is lower and that collection efficiency of isfc is directly related to collection efficiency of schools so we have seen uh, lesser collection efficiency in uh, tamil nadu and maharashtra as compared to maybe a uh, up mp uh, uh, telangana was uh, even better collection efficiencies so certain states did well uh, in opening school faster than other states for sure so as of today what efforts these k12 and preschool uh, should take to secure their survival and growth and coming back out of this covid situation any suggestion you would like to make see uh, i would start with uh, isfc uh, itself because we were the most affected institution and uh, uh, all i would say is if we were able to survive uh, each and every uh, component in this ecosystem should be able to survive i mean 100% financing into schools 100% schools remaining shut for 18 months and still we survive still we uh, are into a stage of growth similarly even for schools i see a, a huge amount of difference in a, a few schools and few schools who have not done well there are schools who digitize very very fast enough there are schools who uh, even uh, i'll take example of isfc again uh, we reduced our debt last year by 50% by uh, shedding of certain assets uh, doing a financial restructuring all that we did and similarly uh, i thought this would be this could have been a good opportunity for not many schools if they are not able to pay installment the first thing people need to do is reduce their debt uh, which many schools did not do and there are schools who have done that there are players who have done that that's one thing in a state where uh, uh, there is a issue in uh, uh, your credit behavior the first thing one need to do is uh, do certain things which are which ensures your credit behavior is good i'll give you another example even within isfc our 
कस्टमर सेगमेंट 100 परसेंट फ्रॉम स्कूल फी फी इज नॉट कमिंग सो 14 करोड़ वाज आर मंथली रिसीवेबल एंड अप्रैल ऑन अप्रैल एंड मे आर रिसीव्ड अमाउंट एज कंपेयर टू 14 वाज ओनली थ्री एंड हाफ करोड़ व्हिच आल्सो मेंट दैट 10 करोड़ गैप इनटू 10 मंथ्स होल ऑफ आर नेटवर्थ वुड हैव बीन वाइप्ड ऑफ बट वी डिड रिड्यूस आर डेट increase our collection efficiency by various means digitized whole ecosystem so i'm just giving this example uh, again and again from a perspective that even schools would have done and there are a lot many schools who have done that i mean sold off certain properties reduced debt that's one on financial side many schools were much more forthcoming in digitizing their ecosystem lot many schools schools did not digitize their ecosystem at all now if you are not digitizing and schools remaining physically shut the first thing school need to do is digitize their exam management system uh, one can actually do exams online uh, any class and lot many schools uh, did get into exam management online and hence their collection efficiency was much better many schools got into digitization of course content and hence their collection efficiency was much better because as a school if you go to parents saying that uh, okay here is uh, uh, here is a exam these are the exams that that are being conducted and there is a result to be published and unless and until you pay uh, i will not be able to publish a result or uh, even a physical schools are not open can, uh, we have done online uh, learning uh, teaching for uh, students and hence a uh, fee should be received now if you don't do anything and expect parent to pay then there is a problem but if you have done all these things uh, reduce your debt as i said even if uh, our collection efficiency was lower from isfc we told our lenders we will not take moratorium uh, on the loan that we have taken at isfc proactively we went to our lenders saying that we don't need any uh, gaps there so if we were able to do that uh, i think everyone should should have been able to do it. it's it's a combination of structure it's a combination of strategies that uh, one need to uh, get in i think it was possible got it so basically uh, think fast be flexible and look how you know changes happening and adapt the changes and move ahead that's interesting and a very valid point you have made that reduce the debt and be proactive with your lender because that's one of the best way you can engage with your lender to get the support correct so how did ifc supported its clients during covid period so as i mentioned uh, more forthcoming schools and the schools who adopted to changes and they showed certain inclination for resolution there were lot many things uh, we did at this point in time one is we uh, integrated our ecosystem developed our own erp internally which is available to school free of cost now so we are giving uh, erp to our affordable because our uh, school segments still work on registers so we said we will develop at our own cost we will give it, give you free of cost secondly uh, if uh, fee financing you have to go to parent and uh, because you are not able to physically go students are not coming so there is a gap in fee uh, receivable for the school so we said we will give you 0% interest emi fee financing option with that erp free of cost you just take this erp which is integrated with our fee financing module and digitally you can collect the fees so that's starting from uh, erp and then integrating with fee financing module now here there are lot many structures that work uh, i mean we once a uh, school sends a sms to parent parent can actually click on the link and pay their fees so now that that enablement enablement has happened now once that infrastructure is ready with school second thing they need to do is conduct exam at least online once they conduct exam then this digital digitally that payment comes in so we we tied up with one company called little more technology we said the online exam can be actually uh, taken up to school and this soft through the software uh, online exam can be done thirdly we tied up on content side lead technology and chrysalis uh, chrysalis uh, is is on primary school and lead technology is on a uh, secondary side uh, 6 to uh, 12 so content online content delivery uh, we have tied up with these two players somebody wants skill development so we have tied up uh, with narayana on uh, iit coaching medical coaching so we tied up with narayana so all these uh, mous uh, that we have signed now enables school 
to not only go to parents uh, with comprehensive package to get the fees and start learning. And we have been saying, uh, don't stop the learning, even if physically you're not able to do. Because, uh, I mean, we, we are making this as a buzzword saying that uh, don't stop the learning because padega likhega India to padega India. So we can't actually stop learning. And uh, there is a very interesting report that we have come out with, which is uh, with Opportunity International. We'll take it later, which suggests that uh, what are the issues uh, if we don't uh, really learn how much earning opportunity everyone loses. So that, that's a huge implication that side. So we need to start learning and start start the press the button of learning right away. From ISFC, not only on content side, on digitization side, but also uh, even stressed asset. If schools are not running properly and uh, still collection efficiency is not good, or there is a issue in trustee because uh, if finances are not got, uh, better, even friends uh, go away. Uh, so there is there is an issue in trustee uh, between trustees, and hence school is actually uh, facing a permanent closure. So we said, okay, fine, management takeover can be done. So we have tied up with certain players for management takeover. So I mean, starting from fee to management takeover to restructuring their loan, we have done a lot many restructurings. We have given, uh, in fact, one EMI benefit to 650 customers out of 2,500 customers. We only said you need to be current. If you're not current, get into our current bucket, uh, repay all your dues. We will give you one EMI uh, benefit. Uh, one EMI will be waived off. And and for ISFC, you know, uh, it costed us three and a half crores, but we did that for customers. So one in installment waiver, reduction on interest rate, restructuring, content delivery. So, so many things that we have done here. Very nice. Like I can make it all very interesting ideas you have brought in to support the entire ecosystem and the client segment. So apart from this, uh, Sandeep, could you just uh, throw some light on, is there any government schemes which these schools can take benefits, whether in general uh, scenarios or any specific related to their sector? So I would focus on more on a financing side, uh, government related. So as I mentioned, uh, restructuring of one-time restructuring that is available to many schools and even now schools are not lot many schools are not coming forward uh, for, for restructuring all i would like to tell everyone that this re restructuring is not going to be seen uh, negatively by any of the player because there is a one time incident that happened uh, i mean historically uh, in human race uh, so I, I don't think restructuring is bad, but still people think that restructuring tag on their civil or bureau record will make their credit rating lower, uh, which I would like to clarify it is not. Uh, because uh, even uh, this reporting of OTS is not being done as per RBI circular, so one can actually get into restructuring. One should not be shying away because uh, tag of NPA is worse than tag of restructuring. And secondly, even tag of restructuring is not there anywhere. I mean, uh, only bureau is a place where your tag can be there. Whereas RBI said you can't uh, tag it as a restructured book in bureau also uh, or NPA in bureau also. So that is something which uh, I think one need to understand. So uh, from government side, restructuring is there. From government side, there is something called ECLGS, emergency credit line guaranteed by government of India uh, at lower rate, which is at 40%. One, I mean, now schools are saying that, a lot many schools are saying that, no, this costs us 14% at this time. We can't take debt burden even further. But point is, either you take debt burden further or you get into NPA, which is better is a question. So I, I think for a time being, I would go for restructuring. I would go for ECLGS and still survive. Also uh, from ISFC side, uh, as I mentioned, digital infra development loan. It was not there at all in this industry, which means that if you want to digitize, if you want to digitize, say, for example, lead through lead, uh, all content delivery uh, module you have to take and it costs 10 lakh to the school. And if school doesn't have 10 lakh rupees, ISFC is funding even that 10 lakh rupees at subsidized cost. So now uh, you just now were mentioning something about Opportunity International Report. Yeah. Yeah. So could you just throw some more light what it is all about? So uh, as a concerned stakeholder, uh, we actually thought that we should engage 
वन ऑफ द बेस्ट एजुकेशन एडवोकेसी ऑर्गेनाइजेशन विच इज अपॉर्चुनिटी इंटरनेशनल दिस अ वर्ल्ड वाइड वर्ल्ड वाइड नोन नेम एज फार एज एजुकेशन एडवोकेसी इज कंसर्न एंड वी एंगेज विद अपॉर्चुनिटी इंटरनेशनल टू स्पेसिफिकली गेट सम एंसर्स ऑन द क्वेश्चन विच आर रिलेटेड टू the issues currently we were facing one is of course uh, how is india placed as compared to other countries worldwide in terms of closure of schools in number of weeks uh, if pandemic has affected uh, all the countries in the world we wanted to see how india is placed as compared to developed countries under developed countries and uh, southeast asian countries now what is the implication of that i mean one is one can argue whether a uh, school should have been shut or it should have been open before who should have done that has government done uh, uh, push enough uh, i think government has done uh, done its job uh, here completely but there there are reasons uh, why i believe that indian parents are much more conservative as compared to the parents worldwide having said that now if that is a situation in that case what is the loss that we have uh, incurred you know 4 and 1/2 lakh private unaffordable school proper private schools their receivable are approximately 4.5 lakh crore in whole of uh, 15 lakh uh, schools we have fee receivables of 7.5 lakh crore now i- even if you take 50% fees is received which which is a very optimistic number i'm giving which means that out of 7 and 1/2 lakh crore you have lost approximately 3 and 1/2 lakh crore fee into this segment itself and that also means that 3 and 1/2 lakh crore fee loss that amount would have gone to teachers as salary some teachers would not have lost the job teachers salary reduction would not have have happened there is a huge ancillary industry a 20% amount of this fee goes into ancillary industry for example your dresses dress material uh, your books book books are there transportation is there transportation is completely uh, wiped off so 3 and 1/2 lakh 4 lakh crore lesser fee receivable has impacted almost 20% if i take uh, almost 1 lakh crore uh, into ancillary industry that would have gone uh, you are actually facing a huge closure of msme micro uh, segment because all these transporters were micro segment uh, shoe for example i mean uh, shoe manufacturers or dress manufacturers these are msme uh, segment that, that is completely shut off there is a huge impact with uh, continued closure of schools and apart from that economic impact is fine i mean uh, uh, one one generally argues that whether economic impact is require uh, is important or life is important for, but point is worldwide every every country has had life worldwide every parent has had their child uh so so we have to see that in context so it can't be uh, argued always that economic impact is more uh, i mean possibly life uh, life is more important than economic impact so for this report one of the outcome you are saying is the number of days school was shut in in india yeah what other outcomes uh, you have derived from the report let's take a quick break hey msme talk listeners hope you have not missed subscribing to our newsletter for the latest news blogs podcast updates check the link in the description we don't spam your inbox and hence we do have one of the highest rate of newsletter opening in the industry so it it also uh, ponders on economic impact job losses salary cuts school closure learning losses for student earning potential losses for student mental health issue midday meal issue gender divide issue rural urban divide issue all that this report covers how is that report helping you what is the reason behind icfc you know getting along with the portion international to do this survey and understanding are you trying to implement something out of it of course yes uh, i mean looking at this report one thing which we are doing is uh, parent education in terms of uh, uh, why parents should be open more uh, relatively to send their kids to school so we are taking up one uh, awareness program now uh, for parents uh, so that uh, school opening government has done its job but 
from parent unless and until schools uh, are open and student go to school uh, this situation is going to continue so we are taking up uh, certain of this so now since uh, ic has also faced challenges due to impact in its targeted sector which is education ifc has sailed through the survival and now focusing on its new avatar and you have already shared with us how did ifc survive what are steps you took for that now in your new avatar ifc version 2 could you please share what are you holding this version 2 bag for k12 and preschool specifically so version 2 is all about uh, relationship so not only in terms of uh, financing but we are go and uh, i'll give you uh, earlier version of the way we used to uh, go to businesses and now how we will go to business in our earlier version we were typical uh, transactional and conventional lender so go to school for example uh, i go to nagpur there are 2000 schools you lend at 16 to 18% uh, and you get only 50 to 100 or 150 customers uh, out of those uh, 2000 schools you lend and come back that was our business model earlier now what we are saying is we go to any of the 2000 schools we should be able to provide any of any kind of loan facility either at lower rate higher rate through our joint lending model or banking correspondent model we should be able to provide physical infra development loan to any school one secondly we should be able to provide digital upgradation loan to the school thirdly loans for teachers fourth loans for parent for fee financing so loan bouquet is complete then if school wants Uh, a partner on exam management software side we have uh, those partners if school wants content del- delivery management software we have those partners with us and even for to take that product if they need financing we are there uh, with schools so it's a 360 degree comprehensive relationship and we should be sitting right in between uh, the ecosystem well, that's very interesting it's just like uh, you're trying to become a one stop shop for uh, anything related to educational institution you know schools that whatever kind of support and capacity building interventions funding whatever knowledge background software they need services so you can be one point of contact for that very correct and uh, i mean this this is how institutions uh, in education seg- segment because we don't consider this as only commercial business uh, we have actually changed our uh, own uh, internal thinking saying that it's not only a commercial business for uh, for us but it is more of a socio commercial organization that we are developing so uh, this is only a, a starting point going forward with all digitization and platform that we are making we will ensure that uh, in inter segment stakeholders communication for example teacher to parent parent to student student to teacher uh, all that inter communication should be uh, uh, able to able to be done through our platform that is next phase and even then uh, later on possibly a monitoring uh, how students are faring uh, uh, in what kind of uh, uh, what skill set and if can we actually capture skill sets of a student because if our app is there with parent with teachers and with student we will be able to profile each and every individual in this sector so that's our future business model you know scope of lot of improvement and uh, capacity building which you have and so uh, you know you have just now mentioned couple of new initiatives and services and products you would be coming up could you just uh, highlight more about these products in terms of uh, who would be the target segment for you what kind of uh, ticket sizes you know could be there for the costing uh, what kind of the pricing could be there turn around time what kind of scale of operation the schools should have to take these services from you what could be the tenure of the uh, licensing period for these products and services and uh, would you give funding for these services individually which you have mentioned in you know version 2 so as a tripti business as a business model our business model is more aligned towards uh, giving loans and support to the schools where formal banking channel is not there so the first question you asked is uh, who will be your target segment so target segment is all schools and uh, more more probably uh, uh, focused on the schools where formal banking channel doesn't exist so our target segment will be not dpss of the world or poddars of the world or narayanas of the world but our target segment will be schools owned individually or by trust or uh, smaller 
geographies. So that's one piece. Secondly, we have uh, been historically uh, one of the lenders who have been help supporting schools in infra development. Uh, so that product is anyways uh, there with us. So that product is 10 lakh to 2 crores. That is a ticket size. Uh, generally, uh, that is backed by collateral uh, land and building of the school. Uh, so that's that's a historic product and that, that will continue to be there because that's, a, that's something which we are specialized on. Uh, going forward, digital infra development loan, uh, as I mentioned, uh, if someone wants to digitize, uh, including buying computers, buying physical infra there uh, around digitization, that we will fund from 2 lakh to 15 lakhs for three years. And these are generally done through our partner is generally in a subsidized rate. Uh, so it can be, uh, depending on school grading, it can be as low as 9.99 also. Third product we are saying is uh, interest-free EMI financing for parents. So that is between 10,000, as low as 10,000 to 10 lakh. That's the kind of uh, pro product spread we have, 10,000 to 10 lakh. So even Poddar, we can go and fund financing, fee financing to parents. If we have tie-up with, uh, with the school, in that case, we'll be able to do that. Also, there are certain opportunities like uh, unsecured loan or deed of hypothecation kind of loan between 2 lakh to 15 lakhs. Now, somebody doesn't want to buy this uh, digital infra, but wants short-term loan very small amount and short-term requirement is there, we'll come out with the product and we have already started working on that. It's called deed of hypothecation of fee receivable. So there's like no physical property as a collateral is required, but only fee hypothecation will be taken. So it is between 2 lakh to 15 lakh. Discounting of the future cash flows of fees. Yes. Basically, digital infrastructure is there. What about, uh, you You were mentioning some you know software for examinations and all. So relate, is there any product related to that also? Yeah, yeah. So any school wanting to purchase this software and services, they generally cost around 3 lakh to 6 lakhs uh, for school to buy this for all the students. So if they don't have money for uh, purchasing the software, we are there to uh, fund that. So if suppose there is a teacher or uh, education partner who is say who takes a franchisee of online tests or courses as a preschools and K-12 students as a target, can that person get loan from you? Uh, right now, if you ask me, uh, the product is not available, but we are open to uh, explore. In fact, there is a very interesting... Up yeah, because this model is now coming up. I see actually some uh, MS. There are various kinds of intervention for students nowadays. It could be assessment of their capability to move in a particular direction of their career or uh, their capability to you know uh, select the stream of the subjects so various kinds of tests and softwares you know people are coming up so there is a segment who are uh, of teachers or uh, tutors whoever you say they are becoming the franchisee of but they have to pay certain fees to become a franchisee hmm. and they would be able to engage that over a period of time by selling the number of copies to offer to the students further. You know, if some kind of a product could be there for funding, availability for these. Keenly looking at these kind of opportunities. What about uh, options uh, those schools have which are already NPAs in the lender's book and still not back to the break-even? Is there some kind of product available for them? See, one is uh, if... A customer has gone into NPN. We have actually focused uh, uh, our huge attention on uh, our NPAs and write-offs. And let me tell you, there are very uh, interesting uh, resolutions that we found out. Uh, even in write-off, for example, I'll take write-off first and then maybe uh, NPA. The moment you get into write-off, no one lends you. So uh, what we said is if you are a write-off customer and because of pandemic, you have gone into write-off, and school is uh, uh, started now and your collection efficiency is more than say for example 50% or 60% already and if you're able to reduce certain debt uh, by selling and still there is a write-off of one or two debts in your book in that case and if that lender is us for example in uh, ISFC we are saying uh, you arrange 30% of debt first so you pay us 30% and then uh, another 30% you have to arrange temporarily. You just, I mean, 60% is paid off. And 30% of the total uh, amount we will give you in terms of fee financing limit. So fee financing, through fee financing limit, he can actually repay us 30 lakhs again. 
so whole write off is uh, resolved by paying if he has outstanding of 1 crore he will resolve this write off by uh, giving only 60 lakhs and that to uh, 130 30 lakh portion is temporarily the moment everything is uh, cleared in that case we are saying if your limit was 1 crore before we will give you 30 lakh rupees the moment your write off is cleaned off so all i'm saying is even 1 crore write off can be uh, 1 crore 90 lakh write off can be actually resolved through having 30 lakh rupees with the school these are the possibilities and innovative things uh, possibly one need to get in and uh, if intention is there one will one will actually get into resolution also on npa customers now if you are an npa obviously we can't fund you again uh, it's evergreen rbi doesn't allow so, but at least we can say we are saying that you become zero in that case we will give you fee financing limit uh, whatever uh, uh, your loan amount was earlier we'll top it up with your fee financing uh, for parents so because parents we can definitely give loan so npa resolution is possible through fee financing as well then we have all those lock stock barrels sale of school to our partners management transfer is there client has to be your existing client yes i mean right now our plate is full is even more than what we can do here i understand so now uh, going little deeper in the uh, lending products of icfc if we start with our basic understanding what would be the eligibility criteria so which size of school you can approach so which you have already mentioned not be in the top tier of these schools but in the non banking would be your major uh, target segment where your energy will go to focus on right if what other eligibility criteria you will select to filter them see our uh, lending model i mean the way it has always been for 10 years is school uh, has to be ex- existing cash flow has to be there fee receivable we generally peg our loan amount to fee receivable if your fees is 1 crore in that case generally uh, thumb rule is we can give you 80 lakh rupees uh, something i mean total loan outstanding of total uh, all other including all other uh, institutions so if someone has 1 crore fee receivable 50 lakh loan already going on so we can give another 50 lakh so that's a basic thumb rule second thumb rule is on property valuation so if your school land and building is 1 crore generally uh, we take loan to value ratio as 60% so that's another uh, thumb rule that we we apply and that's how eligibility is calculated A client comes who doesn't have fee collection started but they have a ready building school will be eligible for funding so if building is there and students are not there there is no cash flow no students have started coming up you know but it is going to build up over the period say for example uh, say 100 students are there but over the period of time the capacity is say for 500 students and building is ready for that we start relationship with some amount for sure i mean there are cases uh, which comes up saying that my land and building is there i have spent 50 lakhs by taking loan personal loan from here and there uh, and now only 100 students are there but i know 200 students are in pipeline and so generally uh, we peg that with the fee that is being received at this point in time and maybe land and building because in this this cases uh, land and building will have a very very high value so what happens as i mentioned is land and building 50% ltv in this case is actually 20% so you can actually go beyond your fee financing ratio that you have taken with respect to receivable okay so some support they can get it based on the infrastructure already set yeah yeah so somewhere between the discounted amount which could be possible with the fees cash flows uh, ltv amount of your property so somewhere between that you will be able to yes forward for the eligibility so uh, and what is the ticket size of loan offered by icfc the ticket size varies different varies between the different product the fee financing for example starts with 10000 goes up to 10 lakh or physical infra development loan starts with 10 lakh goes up to 2 crores infra development loan starts from 2 lakh goes up to 15 lakhs deed of hypothecation same 2 to 15 lakh why we were discussing the eligibility criteria i also wanted to understand is there any uh bare minimum benchmark of x number of students to be there we generally have a cut off of 500 students but that's not uh, necessarily a, a cut off criteria so 200 uh, school with a 200 students 
may not be uh, easily eligible see it depends on uh, total package i mean uh, we have to see that comprehensively if 200 students are there as mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, new school is there landon building is of very high value one crore lander landon building is there and then he is seeking only 10 lakh 20 lakh we would be okay to give loan even with 200 students as a security you mentioned you see landon building uh, school then charge on fees yeah entrepreneur who want to set up a new school how you are able to support unfortunately uh, neither issc nor any other institution uh, uh, is able to do that at this point in time and frankly speaking as a as a person who's running financial institution for i mean reliance icici or sl finance previously and also looking at ecosystem and msme i i did uh, most of my lending into msme segment uh, itself uh, while being in icfc and reliance and sl finance i see that a big gap uh, in uh, providing finance to startups and entrepreneur if you want to set up a school but what i want to do here in isfc is uh, somewhere in between that uh, a teacher is there principal is there and we have certain schools for management takeover and if someone says that whole management takeover will cost me 1 crore and i have 50 lakh rupees to spend and take over this management as a principal some schools might be getting closed i mean there are lot many schools we are finding was started by previous generation and new generation is not interested in running the school so in these kind of schools there is a good opportunity that ex principal having xyz loan xyz financial capability for example 25 lakh 50 lakh and that takeover is possible in 50 lakhs and 50% he contributes in that case 50% we can actually fund uh, for takeover the management with the new management so that's something which we are actually looking at very closely the collateral free loan is uh, possible based on the only fees receivables if someone yeah. some school is having good fees receivables yeah by the way you just now mentioned about you know management uh, takeout so uh, would you be providing these kind of opportunities uh, openly say if suppose you come, you have some schools in your ecosystem where you have to go ahead and take a step of management change will that be open for uh, any set of group of principals or teachers to come and bid for it just like an open auction which happens in the banks for bad loans properties yes it will be open for the bidder but uh, the name we can't really share because it's it's something which uh, as a seller or mm-hmm. any person who consented for management tran- transfer may not be okay to uh, give that name openly on our website and all that so that piece we can always say that uh, xyz number of schools are available for management takeover in for example lucknow or uh, Ahmedabad, something like that. Interesting, because this could actually bring a good opportunity for a lot of teachers and principals. Yeah, I see a huge potential here. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, along with you, a lot of uh, hand-holding and ecosystem support will also come. It's, like, it's something like, you know, what free uh, school or other, you know, branded school franchisee are doing it. And here you are bringing the entire support system. Yeah with a ready ready school basically you don't have to make much effort to establish a school from the scratch correct so the purposes you have already shared with us for uh, loans which can you know clients can take from the isfc uh, i just wanted to understand we had uh, touched with uh, you know little bit earlier how does your company give loan to trust and how does it make a difference if the school which approaches you is a trust or a company or a partnership? So this is our specialization, Tripti. I mean, uh, uh, giving loan to trust generally uh, has always been avoided by uh, most of the mainstream banks. Uh, we assess trust. Uh, we are okay to give loan even if the property is in trust's name. Uh, Generally, what happens is if ask me uh, what is the percentage, there are about 30 to 40 percent of schools where property is owned by individual who are actually trustees. So these are like individually I own a land and I construct a building and then there is a trust which is separate and uh, I give my land and building 
as a trustee to for running the school and i take rent out of that trust so that is how uh, structure happens but there are uh, a huge number of schools where trust also are owning the property but if trust is owning the property the only thing we need to get in is uh, noc from registrar of uh, trust uh, we need to get if that is received in certain state it is possible certain state it is not possible somewhere it is uh, easier somewhere it is very difficult so all that is there so in such cases uh, but we are open for structuring all this okay so in such cases who makes the effort to get noc uh, isfc makes effort or client makes the efforts no that is that is done by client only because uh, generally relationship with registrar of trust is uh, uh, more prominent with the school so uh, usually how much time does it take to get an noc from the registrar of trust again it depends on state to state and district to, i mean place to place uh, it, it can be uh, mm-hmm. as fast as 15 days it can take even months also so now some school entrepreneur comes who has the school in uh, ownership is in partnership any challenges hassles no absolutely partnership absolutely no problem companies in any case you would be very much comfortable yeah, yeah. but how much percentage uh, the kind of school segment which you are dealing would be coming to you in the form of companies and partnerships no in our segment companies is very very less uh, i would say not even 10% otherwise it is more of a individual trust owned property or trust uh, property owned by trust or trustee owned property so these are the uh, majority would be the trust and trustee owned property yeah. now uh, if suppose someone has to start a new school what would be your suggestion to go trust mode or partnership or company mode no i would always suggest llp mode okay. trust and all that is okay only when you expect government funding but in private kind of setup unaided kind of setup uh, this doesn't make sense but tell me there could be various programs for skill development etc whether some you know support could be a possibility government does not support at all uh, if you have into a llp mode or a non trust mode see whatever support unaided private sector uh, schools get that's very very minuscule as compared to what cost it involves so i wouldn't okay. suggest that way okay so there is no attraction to go the trust mode in this particular sector now no unless unless there is a government support you need aided school otherwise private sector unaided absolutely no could you have given a clarity and it, i'm sure our listeners will listen to it and understand on this so schools used to have a good portion of fees collected in cash mm. how does it impact credit appraisal process and how do you control that so this was the reason why most of the schools were not getting loan from formal banking system and this was a business model isfc evolved and this is a underwriting mechanism we do and that's the sole underwriting method that we are actually specialized on so generally our credit manager goes looks at the register uh, does a surprise visit how many number of students does some sample calling to uh, uh, parents out of the cash register that is maintained so all that is done and we generally say that whatever cash school is receiving we discounted by 20% and say if if he has said 1 crore we'll say 80 lakh is receivable and then accordingly we'll take our uh, underwriting decision so uh, your loans are offered for a maximum period of how much like 4 years 5 years 5 years and uh, currently what would be the range of rate of interest you know right now uh, Uh, historically if you ask me it was between 16 to 20% because our cost of fund itself was 13% now going forward uh, it would be somewhere between 14 to 18% and uh, is your rate of interest benchmarked again a base rate or something like that no these are fixed rate at this point in time okay but it makes sense to have variable rate as well so you are not offering variable rate at all right now no but going forward yes So can you uh, take us through the broad points of how credit appraisal is done for K12 and preschools what kind of parameters and benchmarks credit managers takes care of So generally it's uh, it revolves around number of student value of fees so you get into total uh, fee receivable by the school so that gives a clear understanding on the revenue uh, income source for the com- uh, for the school then depending on the revenue you have percentage to be spent on expenditure like teachers and other infra 
So then we assume certain percentage that this is a free cash available. And accordingly, we give loan. And then on the other other side, we have collateral. And what is the turnaround time usually for disbursements? Parent fee financing that we launched has a turnaround time as low as five minutes. And physical infra development loan, uh, because it involves property, legal, valuation, it goes as high as 15 days also. Okay, so even in 15 days, you are able to turn around the valuation process and disbursements? Yeah, yeah. 15 days is also very quick, uh, considering real estate property valuation. So uh, as of now, you are present in how many states? 13 states through our 22 branches. Okay, any expansion uh, in the pipeline? I don't see next year we need to expand because uh, with these 22 25 branches itself will be able to do i would say more than three times business that we were doing before mm-hmm. and uh, what are compliances need to be submitted and what frequency example uh, specifically related to the uh, you know education sector like any inspection reports any education board licenses so could you just give us some information on that? i mean these are basic kyc kyc of an individual of trustees that's one part Secondly, KYC of a entity which is running school, that's second part. So KYC of entity would mean if it's a trust, then trust deed, all the documents that are related to that. Uh, so that is a KYC part. Third, uh, as we are into a segment where cash component of salary receipt is there, so we don't get into financials. So we get into more of a, a underwriting and uh, appraising on the ground. So documentation-wise, uh, except KYC, and certain financial like bank statements. So we need to look at cash flow, whatever is coming in bank, whether it is actually aligned to the fees or not. So KYC document and then financials, you have bank statement and financials of the entity. Like CBSC affiliation, for example, it's a part of KYC only. If you're affiliated to CBSC, it will anyways be available. Now what IC is doing for capacity building and intervention at the grassroots level? So non-customers, uh, unfortunately, uh, we don't have anything uh, as of now. I mean, unless and until uh, one becomes customer, once a, once a, a school becomes our customer, then there are a lot many things to be done. But if it is, if a school is out of our ecosystem, there is no way uh, uh, we have anything to track or there is no product program uh, around that. Even our CSR program, uh, CSR program is more from a perspective of our own uh, schools and ecosystem, our own ecosystem. So uh, with this suggestion, you know, if something comes in my mind, uh, the teachers and principals who are there, uh, is any kind of training modules or uh, skills development is also supported by ISSP? Uh, yes, uh, we are actively in discussion with uh, some player on uh, teacher training. I mean, that's that's very important piece uh, uh, in whole of this ecosystem, but it's yet to be announced. So now moving towards the uh, last section of the today's episode, Sandeep, we would like to understand and hear from you three topmost things you would like to recommend to our listeners as guiding principles to them. My learning uh, in last one year, I mean, one of the most challenging phase, I would say, uh, ever anybody anybody would have seen the first thing is uh, any challenge has always always provides you an opportunity to transform and this is what we have actually have seen a lot many people doing all those people who continued with their business model uh, maybe they were not able to survive or they still are facing problem but if we look at positively if you're able to transform most of the people they have done well so finding positives into even negative situation uh, that is something which i think uh, has been a great learning secondly to transform an organization uh, it's it's uh, individual transformation that is needed and not only individual transformation but also whole teams transformation one need to work on so unless and until your whole team is transformed, your uh, institution cannot be transformed. Unlearning is something, I mean, the third thing which I would lo- uh, uh, would uh, suggest, we all generally call uh, learning, 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 but there are a lot many things you have to unlearn. The way business is going to be done tomorrow is going to be completely different than how it was done previously. And unless and until I unlearn, my previous experiences, I don't think I'll be able to learn the new new methods of doing business tomorrow. 
Interesting. And uh, now we would like to, you know, hear from you, few hacks or tips for our listeners. Uh, it depends on who the listener is, but if it uh, uh, it is MSME uh, entrepreneur into school, I would clearly suggest that credit behavior has to be the best all across your life. Even if it means selling of certain property and ensuring your credit behavior is good, because unless and until your credit behavior is good, you will never be able to grow. Once defaulter, always a defaulter. It is going to be in your bureau. So come what may ensure that your credit behavior is good. And ISFC, there are certain things which we are doing to ensure that there is good bureau behavior helping them. So one is credit behavior. Secondly, there are a lot many opportunities which I see in MSME school segment. There are a lot many things which are coming up on digital side, which I have not even mentioned. Skill development, for example. Your infrastructure has to be utilized completely. Today, school infrastructure is not utilized 100%. School is open from 8 a.m. morning to 2 p.m. afternoon. After that, what, what does that infrastructure do uh, is a question that everyone needs to ask themselves. Can it be turned into something else? Can it be turned into sports center? Can it be turned into a swimming pool? Uh, there are a lot many things that one actually need to uh, think around this uh, because you have physical infra already ready and it's lying for one and a half years uh, that infra was sleeping uh, without generating any revenue. Maybe going forward, if uh, your digital and physical uh, school continues, it may not be 100% utilized. So there are a lot many things there that side. It was really a long and interesting discussion on the K-12 and education sector with you and how ISAC is bringing so many changes in itself and for the clients. And a lot of it will show its result in next couple of years. So thanks a lot, Sandeep, to give your time. Enrich our listeners with a lot of interesting, knowledgeable information. And I'm sure they're going to make some use of Thank you so much, Tripti, for giving me an opportunity to be part of this uh, program. And uh, I hope it is of some use to a few people there. Sure. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Through this episode, I hope you would have got some answers to your queries and guidance for way forward. Do share your learnings from the episode, your feedbacks and suggestions. If you are an entrepreneur and have questions from experts or any particular topic or profile of expert you want to hear, or if you are an industry expert with MSME as a target audience, do reach out to us. Our link is given in description. And at last, Please do subscribe for MSME Talk Podcast and don't forget to share the podcast link with your friends, family and network. Take care. Goodbye. Happy to share MSME Talk Podcast and the speak ranking chart of 10th country in the Apple Podcast country level entrepreneurship category. If you are an expert or provide product or services to small businesses, MSMEs and startups, reach out to us to discuss showcase opportunity in MSME Talk. Content details given in description.